Welcome to the boss level. My name is Enigma. I am your evil supervillain and host here. I am also a 15-year video game industry veteran, lifelong gamer, game console collector, and a part-time Twitch streamer. Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Hope you had a great weekend. We're going to get your week started off right here with uh, with the boss level. So hope everything's going okay for you and everything's going to be great for you here in the future. We have some stuff to talk about today. Haven't quite... Uh, ironed out everything yet but we're we're going to get right on it but before we get into that we're going to do our good housekeeping stuff okay so i do appreciate you guys listening to this first of all as i said i'm a part-time twitch streamer which means i stream a couple times a week which is usually friday night and sunday mornings we are currently about waist deep maybe a little more into final fantasy 16 really enjoying our time with that i have been exceedingly good at not playing it offline so that makes me pretty happy that I've been able to uh, not spoil the game for myself. It's a completely blind playthrough. And uh, we just got through the third Mother Crystal. As I record this on Sunday afternoon, my Sunday morning stream, we got through the third Mother Crystal. So we have one more Mother Crystal to go, and I'm sure there's going to be other stuff going on as well. I'm enjoying the game quite a bit. I hope everyone's enjoying watching me play it. Uh, you can find me at Evil Enigma on Twitch. That's where I'm streaming every Friday night and Sunday morning. Also find me there on Twitter under Evil Enigma. That's where I am there as well. Truth of the matter is, is that uh, I stream Friday nights and Sunday mornings, as I said. Central Standard Time, Friday nights, it's usually between 9 to 9.30 at night to midnight. And then 9 a.m. to noon on Sundays, Central Standard Chicago Time. So... Definitely hope that if you are around, you will drop in and say hi to me and let me know that you listen to the podcast, and I would appreciate you doing that. You'll find me on Twitter uh, most active during the week. I try to post things that make people laugh, try to make people smile, uh, you know, try to brighten someone's day if I can. That's that's what I like to do, so hopefully you'll drop by and say hi to me. Uh, feel free to converse with me. I'm not one of those people that's very hard to... Uh, talk to I don't believe I pride myself on being easy to approach and being as genuine as I possibly can so uh, don't don't feel bad if you reach out and say hey I listen to the podcast and I want you to know uh, uh, I enjoy it or hey uh, you listen to the podcast and I think you can improve here I, I definitely will take criticism and if you have any suggestions for topics you'd like me to talk about as long as I have a background in it I'm more than happy to talk about it uh, there are certain things in gaming I am afraid I don't have much of a background in like Fortnite sorry or Apex. I don't. I don't play those games. I. I have friends who do, but I am not one of them. So I don't know if I could really offer a whole lot of information about those games. But anything else, you know, a lot of other stuff, I am more than willing to talk about. Just uh, reach out to me and say, hey, I. I listen to the podcast. I'd love to hear your take on X, Y, or Z. And chances are, I'll say, hey, that's a good idea. We'll talk. I'll put it on the schedule. Or you know, hey, I don't know a lot about it, but let me see if I can talk about it. Maybe there's something I some research or something like that I can, I can do, and I'm more than willing to, uh, to, to learn. That's, that's what this is. We're all here to learn, right? We're all here to learn. So that being said, I am also a member of Team Dragonfire, as well as a content creator for the Kindred Knights. And we have our own line of hot sauces over at kindrednations.com. Take out that letter E at the end of Kindred and put in the number three, because that's the way you kids spell it these days. And go check out our line of hot sauces and chips and things over there. They have, and uh, you can check out what's there and, and uh, you know make yourself purchase really good hot sauces and, and things. They are uh, very very good high quality stuff, and uh, I enjoyed every one of them that I've had. I've I've said it before in the podcast. I'm a big fan of the night sauce. It's very good. I, I to me it has a smoky flavor to it. I like that quite a bit. 
And the uh, Team Dragonfire sauce, the Honey Garlic Fire, is uh, is really good too. So I found out a couple weeks ago, it's really good on baked beans. So go over there and check out that those lines of hot sauces. Do me a small favor and put the code Enigma, the way I spell it, into your coupon code. That's E N Y G M A. You'll get ten percent off your order. Go ahead and tag me on social media when you get your package and let me know. Uh, what you're going to use it on, and I will share that out to everyone I f- that follows me. And then if I know Team Dragonfire and Kindred Nations and the Kindred Knights, they're going to share that out to all their people as well. So if you want some social media interaction, that's a good way to do it right there. Uh, you know, go over there, check out those hot sauces. It's they're really good stuff, really good, and they're not all hot. Some of them are uh, more sweet than they are anything. Uh, like you know, the, the Honey Garlic Fire is, is actually a very sweet sauce, but it's got a little kick there at the end. Uh, also. Last part of Good Housekeeping is, is, is because I am a member of Team Dragonfire, we are looking to make our way in the world today. Don't, don't sing the Cheers theme song. But uh, we are looking to become partnered with a drink company called Glitch Energy. That's G-L-Y-T-C-H. And they are uh, one of the many energy drink companies out there. But they have really good stuff over at uh, GlitchEnergy.com. Uh, I'm a huge fan of their Revive line. Now, it, what I mean is is that there's not everybody likes or can drink energy drinks, and I am one of those people. So Glitch Energy does have you covered with a line of uh, sports drinks, basically is what they are. They're for endurance and they're for uh, you know, recovery from uh, working out and things like that. Now, I'm not a big workout guy, but I like to drink you know, some of those sports drinks that you're thinking about right now, and I do like the Glitch Energy Revive line. And in particular, that Blackberry Lemonade is one of the best things I've ever drank in my life. It is so good. So go over there and check out their, their line of stuff. They also have some supplements and things like that. Nothing that's a like a narcotic or anything. It's all natural stuff. Nothing you have to have a prescription for. But go over there and check out their stuff at glitchenergy.com. Check out their line of energy drinks. They have a lot of different flavors of energy drinks. But I, like I said, the Revive line has you, is, has you if you don't like or can't drink energy drinks like me. Uh, use the code DRAGONXFIRE. That'll get you 10% off. And just like with the hot sauce, share it out to me if you use that code. And I will be more than happy to share that out to everybody I know and etc, etc, etc. So if you're looking for social media interaction, we got your hookup. If you want to go ahead and do it, go to Glitch Energy as well as Kindred Nations. I will do what I can to get you some interaction on that, okay? Thank you guys so much for listening to my uh my good housekeeping, basically. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, believe it or not, it does help. It really does help. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very small. I know I'm exceedingly small potatoes when it comes to what a lot of people are. You know, a lot of people do. But sponsorships are everything right now. And if I can, uh, you know, get a little bit here and a little bit there, that that, that would really help. So, also keep in mind, of course, that uh, the goal for me is to do this full time. And if I could, with all due seriousness, if I would, I would quit my job right now if I could be guaranteed to replace my income and uh, do nothing but podcasts and, and videos for you guys. I would love to do that. But unfortunately, it's, it doesn't break out that way. I'm so small potatoes, it doesn't happen. But that's okay. Hopefully, one day we'll get there. But as of right now, uh, you know, we all have to do what we have to do to, to get by. So I do appreciate you listening, and I do appreciate you even going there, over, over there and looking. So, you know, please, if you, if, you, if you use those codes, like I said, tag me on social media, and I will do what I can to help you get some social media buzz on that, okay? Thank you so much. So today I have a couple things I wanted to talk about in particular. The first thing is is about Microsoft and Sony. Now, we all know Microsoft's purchase of 
Activision has been in the news quite a bit. The FTC uh, had a big problem with Microsoft buying Activision, and uh, unfortunately, the courts didn't see it that way. So it looks like the merger is going to go through. Uh, now, if you really want to get down to it, I'm sure it's because certain palms were... Uh, uh, greased, as they say, uh, I, I have a feeling that um, you know Microsoft's got a lot of money, and they just said, "Hey, you know, we really want this to go through." So here, uh, Microsoft is no uh, uh, stranger to antitrust laws because they were in the '90s sued for being too big, and uh, they lost initially, but then the the appeal they won. So the chances are is that this merger is going to go through now because of that. I don't believe we're going to see Microsoft make a whole lot of big waves anymore in the acquisitions department for a while. I have a feeling that Microsoft knows at this point uh, they 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 start they poked the bear a little bit. Uh, a couple of other countries have a problem with them with the merger going through. So I, I do have an honest to goodness feeling we're going to see Microsoft kind of cool off on the acquisitions of studios. They've been doing that quite a bit over the last couple of years. You know, some of them like Double Fine have been kind of small. Not Double Fine is is not a big deal, but Double Fine is a small small potatoes compared to, oh gosh, I, we we're, we're going to go ahead and purchase Zenimax and we're going to purchase Activision, and those are huge acquisitions, huge because those are huge companies, absolutely massive companies that they purchased here. Uh, I did make the argument that Microsoft is purchasing property instead of IP, and I do stick by that because Microsoft is public is uh, is buying publishers. They're not buying developers anymore. When you buy development houses, you're buying the talent. When you buy publishers, you're buying the property they represent. You're buying the IP. So Microsoft wasn't necessarily worried about getting a whole lot of talent with the Activision merger. I don't believe. I think they were more interested in buying the rights to Call of Duty and Spyro the Dragon and Crash Bandicoot, which is kind of funny. When you think about it, because Crash Bandicoot was Sony's first mascot, quite frankly. Uh, but that being said, I think we're going to see Microsoft kind of cool off on the acquisition of development houses, at least, or, or developers or publishers for the next couple of years. I don't think that's... I, I think they realize they've they've pushed it as far as they can go without really uh, getting the attention, you know, without something really happening to them in the long run as far as uh, making them break up their uh, their their how you know their thing so don't don't be shocked if they're if they're out for a while this could be the time that sony needs to actually make a couple of acquisitions themselves not that i think it's a good thing i really don't i still stand by my thing my my stance that uh when you have companies who purchase other big companies like this it limits the choice that the consumer has to to make purchases quite frankly it, it i and i will always stand by that i think it's bad uh, now, the truth is, is that with Activision no longer being independent, that means EA probably is uh, the world's largest pub independent publisher of video games like they have been. Um, truth is, they used to be undisputed, and then when, when uh, Activision bought Universal Vivendi, they became a rival to Electronic Arts. They became an EA rival at that point. Now, which one was bigger? I don't know. It's, I mean, you want to get down to it. Activision probably had the hotter hand for a while because of Call of Duty and World of Warcraft and things like that. But in recent years, really kind of hard to say. Madden still sells really well. FIFA still sells really well. So uh, to be com completely honest, I, it's it's a crapshoot to me as to which one is actually bigger. But the truth is, is that Activision is no longer a dependent. So EA is now the world's largest independent publisher of video games. Uh, I don't think they're going to be purchased 
anytime soon. I really don't. Now, uh, Sony, on the other hand, could make some purchases. There's been rumors out there for a long time that Square Enix wants, wants to be purchased by Sony. I would not be shocked to see that actually happen. If I'm not mistaken, I think Sony owns 15% of them already. I I don't remember. I remember reading that many years ago. But uh, the other one is Take-Two Interactive, which would be a very interesting acquisition for Sony. That would probably also ruffle the feathers of the FTC, if you want me to be completely honest with you. Uh, Take-Two Interactive, of course, is uh, they publish Grand Theft Auto. They publish a lot of things. I think they're take. I think they're 2K, aren't they? Isn't Take Two also 2K? If they, tra- chances are, if they purchased to uh, Take Two Interactive, there would the FTC would probably raise an eyebrow. I would I would not be shocked if that happened. I, so I don't know if Sony's going to do that. Nintendo's going to do what Nintendo's going to do, which is they're going to sit on their their duffs. They're going to continue to make great games. And uh, they don't really care what's happening on the outside. So I don't think my, Nintendo's going to purchase anybody. But Sony Sony might have another bullet in the chamber or two before it's all said and done. So the big news, though, is that now that the merger is pretty much completed or okayed for the most part, it looks like Sony and Microsoft have reached uh, an accord on Call of Duty staying on the PlayStation platform, which is not shocking to me whatsoever. I know Sony was against the acquisition happening because Sony was looking at... They were looking at it the same way Microsoft looked at uh, supporting HD DVD over Blu-ray back with the Xbox 360. They did not want to pay their competition to uh, have... You know, to, for for anything on their console, they really they really did not. And you know, the Xbox 360, Microsoft knew that Sony was uh, the the sole was one of the sole proprietors of, of Blu-ray, and so they backed HD DVD, the Toshiba HD DVD, just out of spite, not because they had to, but just because it was out of spite. And the truth is, is that we all know how that that worked out. Blu-ray won, and HD DVD folded. I don't think Microsoft particularly cared either way. I just think they backed it out of spite. But the same on the same side of that coin, Sony uh, did not want to pay Microsoft to have the rights to have Call of Duty on the PlayStation. And I get that. You you don't. That's just simple business 101. Uh, the one thing you don't want to do is pay your primary competition for any reason whatsoever. So... I, I get it, and that's why Sony was so against the acquisition happening. But now that it's happened, a, a deal I think for a decade has been reached where Sony will still continue to have Call of Duty on the PlayStation platform. Now, uh, I mean what I said uh, what was it last week on the podcast or a couple weeks ago when I said that I think Microsoft and Sony are kind of playing nice right now because they are looking at the console market as a shrinking market, especially for Sony. Again, I don't think Nintendo cares. Nintendo is going to do what Nintendo is going to do, and they're still going to make a lot of money doing what they're going to do. I am by no means poo-pooing what Nintendo is doing, but I think that Sony, on the other hand, looks at the console market as a shrinking market, and I think they're looking at self-preservation over anything else. And the truth is, though, is that consoles are still, as far as I know, they're still king. They're still... What most people would prefer to play on is a console. It's so much easier for a gamer, and I'm a console gamer myself. Not that I hate PC. I don't hate anything. But the truth of the matter, I think you game on whatever you want. But the truth is, is that uh, I much prefer having a standalone platform to plug a game into and play it, as opposed to uh, having it on a PC, which you have to update all the time and, you know, 
maybe getting driver, you know, getting drivers right and all that sort of stuff. And, and believe me, I, I know that it's a lot easier now, but when I was growing up back in my, uh, my ute back in my twenties and you know, when PC was, it was uh, a thing, I was looking at the fact that PC was such a pain in the keister to use as a gaming platform, just simply because of all the different variables that they were, as opposed to when you buy a PlayStation, you have PlayStation controllers, you have PlayStation cameras, PlayStation headsets, PlayStation plugs into your TV. You just plug the sucker in, you hit the button, and off you go, and you get to play the game. When with PC, though, back in the day, it was, okay, you load the game up. Now make sure your drivers are updated. Okay, all right, now uh, which controller are you going to use? Because there's a whole ton of controllers out there you can plug in and use. And then you have to set the controller up, and then you have to make sure that you keep this updated. And even then, it wasn't guaranteed it was going to run. So there's a million things out there that could have gone wrong with PC stuff. And, and they've gotten a lot better these days. They really have. So I don't want to make it look like I'm saying that PC is, is bad. It's not. And the best thing it, that really happened to PC was Steam, quite frankly, because Steam is a platform which is so easy to manage and hook everything up to. And, and Valve is very smart in making sure that, that they kept it easy. But uh, I look at Sony looking at the market as a shrinking market, and I do believe that Microsoft is looking at the PC market as a growing market. And I still stand by what I said, is that I do believe that Microsoft is looking to be a Steam competitor outside of a PlayStation competitor. Because of, right now, Steam is by far the most popular platform to game off of on PC. It's, it's not even close. You know, you've got... Uh, everything has to come out on Steam. Every time something doesn't come out on Steam, if it goes on the Epic Store or it goes on whatever store that there is, there's always some sort of backlash against it because it's not on Steam, right? So I, I really do believe Microsoft's looking at a way to worm their way into competing with Steam, that they want the Xbox platform, the Xbox brand, to have its own storefront and all that, and they want to compete with Steam. That is that is exactly what I think is going is is what their end game is. Is uh, they'll they still will keep the Xbox brand as far as platforms go. I have a feeling that we're going to see um, Xbox branded laptops and gaming PCs coming out probably within the next I I would say five, six, seven, maybe ten years, as as opposed to them saying here's the new Xbox. Whatever the heck name we're going to call it, because whoever's naming uh, Xbox products really has no idea what they're doing. But uh, I, I do think that's what they're doing. And being nice to Sony is not a bad thing, because Sony has a lot of really good properties, a lot of really good games, a lot of really good developers. So if I'm Microsoft and I'm looking at trying to compete with Steam in the long run, Who's to say that Sony doesn't reach a deal with Microsoft to publish their games for PC on Xbox? You know, to, to actually have the PC set up to not a console. Maybe maybe what'll happen is is that Microsoft will bow out of the console race and make Xbox branded PCs and, and laptops, gaming PCs and laptops, leaving Sony to have the PlayStation platform to themselves, and then they have Sony's been publishing their stuff slowly, releasing their stuff slowly on Steam. Who's to say they're not going to do that with uh, with their PlayStation stuff, where they don't go? Well, instead of Steam, we're going to back Xbox, so you can have 
God of War and Horizon and all these other things, you can have those on your PC as opposed to uh, not owning a PlayStation. So who knows? Who knows? We will see. We will see what happens with that. I, but I do believe Microsoft is looking more at the competition part with, with Steam as they are with Sony right now. They're all playing too nice. That's what there is to it. Sony releases games on the Xbox. Xbox is releasing games on the PlayStation. Everybody's releasing games on Nintendo. And Nintendo is staying in their own yard and saying we're never putting Mario on anything but <laughs> but uh, Nintendo platforms. You know, I, I can remember uh, I, I've got some arcade one-up machines. If you don't know what arcade one-up is, they are a uh, company that makes the stand-up arcade machines, the smaller, compact versions that you can put in your house. Because uh, I've and I've owned four of them, and I I love them. They're great. They're I can't wait at some point to actually get a um, a game room where I can actually set them up and and you be able to play them. Right now, my game room is kind of small. Not that I'm complaining, but because uh, at least I have a game room. But uh, it's small where getting back there to play them is is difficult but uh i i'm looking at the um uh, i was looking at a, a at a forum about uh arcade one-up machines and some guy was on there saying well how long until they release a donkey kong arcade one-up and i had to kind of break in i don't talk a lot on facebook but i i saw this guy say it and i had to reply to it and i said uh probably never because Nintendo does not do that. Nintendo releases stuff for Nintendo platforms, and that's it. Not to mention, uh, it's only recently, very recently, over the last, uh, well, it's on the Switch, actually, so I'm going to say five years, that Nintendo actually acquired the original arcade version of Donkey Kong. Because when they released the Donkey Kong in arcades, they did not really develop it. It was developed by an outside company that, that they hired to do it. Yes, Miyamoto did all the artwork for it. He had the concept. They made the game. That's you know they that it's their property. Donkey Kong is their intellectual property, but the original arcade boards that that they made were not the property of Nintendo until very recently, over the last five years or so, they bought it. And you can buy it right now on the Switch. It's like eight bucks. You can go on there on the Switch store and purchase Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. and I think Donkey Kong Three as well. But Donkey Kong, the original Donkey Kong, they did not own the rights to that until somewhat re until over the last five years. So I had to, no, Nintendo is not going to do that. They want you to buy a Switch. They don't want you to buy an arcade one up. So that's how Nintendo does things. But anyway, so uh, the news here is that Call of Duty is is coming back. As it will be on the PlayStation for the next ten years. There's not nothing that's going on with that. I have a feeling that's kind of an accord they're reaching because. Uh, Sony now owns Bungie, and Bungie makes Destiny, and who knows what else they're doing. And Bungie also, for the most part, still holds the keys to the kingdom for Halo. Uh, not that they own Halo, Microsoft owns Halo, but Bungie created Halo. So if, uh, who knows, maybe we'll see something in the future where Microsoft and Sony kind of partner up to do something with Halo. You know, you never can tell because of Bungie. It's, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It, it probably won't, but it's just, just like Sony releasing things on the Xbox thing for PC. You just never can tell. Things always happen for a reason. And business, guys, with business, it's never about what's going to happen tomorrow. It's not about what's going to happen next week. It's talk what's going to happen in five or six years from now. So these choices that are being made, these these moves that are being made right now, these acquisitions that are being made, they're not being made because they're playing checkers. They're they're doing it because they're playing chess, 
And you know, chess, you have to telegraph your moves. You have to make sure you you have to watch what your opponent's doing and all that. The they are looking at everything way down the road instead of just what's happening right now. Otherwise, you know, Microsoft would be in a lot of trouble right now because uh, you know the Xbox isn't selling. It's just not. They've already lost this generation. They've thrown in the white flag. They've thrown in the towel. They're they're waving the colors, the the, the white flag. They're saying no more. We know we've lost this generation. So it's very possible that we could see uh, a new Xbox sooner than later because they know they've lost. But uh, you know, we'll see. We'll 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 see. It's all going to come down to who's got what in, in the long run. But I but I'm what I'm saying is is that it's never about what's happening right now or tomorrow or the next day or next month. It's always about what's happening in the in the future with business. Is that they're looking at what's to come, what's next down the road, not well, if we if we buy Activision, then we can own Call of Duty. Gosh, then people are going to pay us to buy Call of Duty on Xbox on PlayStation tomorrow, you know, this year. That's not it. That's not what they're looking at. They're looking at well, if we buy Call of Duty, then we're going to have this, 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 and this. So when we release another Xbox down the road, you know, we'll have these and we can do this. Now, the truth is, here's the, here's the question that no one's talking about with this. And it's, it's, a, uh, it's a very good question is, what's Microsoft going to do now that they are going to own Activision with exclusive content because Activision has always been a front runner when it comes to releasing exclusive content. Uh, for those who, who remember back this far with the Xbox 360, it was much more popular for shooting games for a long time. It was much more popular than the PlayStation 3. So Call of Duty tended to side and release exclusive content for the Xbox 360. However, the very next generation, Sony, uh, the PlayStation 4 was really, really big. So what happened? Uh, Microsoft or Activision sided with micro or with uh, with Sony and released exclusive content for the uh, the PlayStation. What's going to happen now? How are they going to do this now? And and I'm I'm sure there's a lot of things we don't know about, guys, that are, are in the works, like uh, cross-platform play with Call of Duty. You know, things like that. I'm sure that money had to be worked out. For, for that reason, you know, Microsoft and Sony does not allow cross-platform without money being exchanged. But in this case, I'm sure that Microsoft kind of said, you know, if you want Call of Duty, it's going to have to be cross-platform and we're not going to pay you anything extra for it, more than likely. You know, I'm just, just guessing. I, was, I, wouldn't, I wasn't a fly on the wall there. I kind of wish I was. But th- there always are negotiations about things like this where... Sony's going to want X and Microsoft's going to want Y and eventually they're going to have to settle on Z because they're never both going to get what they want out of something. So that's the news with the acquisition of Microsoft or Microsoft's acquisition of Activision. It looks like it's going to happen. Call of Duty is going to stay on the PlayStation as well as coming to Switch or whatever Nintendo's next console is. And the uh, of course, it'll be on the Xbox Series X and S. So we'll see how that goes. The other thing I wanted to talk about today is the, it's, it's about one of my favorite topics, video game journalism. So video game journalism as, uh, for a quick little refresher course, for anyone who did not listen to my podcast in the past, not a fan. I am not a fan of video game journalism in 2023. If you want to get down to the brass tacks of it, you can go listen to some of my podcasts about it, but the truth of the matter is, in a nutshell, I think they're all activists right now. I think they are all interested in trying to push agendas, and they are nowhere near as uh, 
knowledgeable as when the people who started those websites have. It's it's the the the, orig- the initial websites were were brought out because of fans who were passionate about something. I I am a minor acquaintance of someone who founded a website, and I'm I'm trying not to do. It. I haven't talked to him in decades. He probably doesn't even remember me. But uh, we were friends for a while. Of he, he was a big Square, Square Enix guy, Squaresoft guy. And he had a database he created online that was all the artwork, all of the, the scripts, and everything he could find to do with any Squaresoft game. And it was very, very cool. I think Square ended up buying it from him, quite frankly, because he did such a great job. And uh, he did it because he was passionate about it. And that's when you look at some of these video game websites, and I'm not going to mention any names, but you know, all these ones you're thinking about, as I said that, they were all started by people who were passionate about video games, who were passionate about the gaming culture, and, and passionate about their love of the hobby of, of, of gaming. And now it's no longer that way. You have people who are writing, writing for these websites who are not gamers. They're not interested in the, in the culture or the lifestyle or anything with gaming. They're interested in what they're interested in, and they'll write a review of something, and they're instead of talking about what it is they're supposed to be reviewing, they're talking about something completely different, something 2023, you know. And and you know, I, I said this once, and I'll say it until I'm blue in the face: video games are the purest form of escapism entertainment that we have today. They you you sit down in front of your TV or sit down in front of your computer, you put load up your game, and all of a sudden you're no longer a uh, 47 year old overweight middle aged crisis having enigma <laughs> so we're wondering about what's what's going to happen tomorrow and instead i am clive rossfield and i am trying to figure out what happened to my brother in the world of final fantasy 16 or i take the, the up the mantle of batman or spider-man or i become a race car driver or something to that effect it's escapism at its very purest form and uh that's what a lot of gamers want we don't want modern day stuff uh, inserted into our video games. You know, if I wanted interest, if I was interested in, in keeping up with modern day stuff like that, I would watch the news. I don't need to load up a video game to be preached to about things that are going on in 2023. And a lot of these, these video game journalists can't get that through their thick mongoloid skulls that they, they, they think everything revolves around their view of the world and what they're passionate about outside of the world of gaming. And in reality, we could care less. We couldn't care less, is what I mean to say. We couldn't care less about their view on anything. All we want to know is, is the new Final Fantasy game any good? That's what we want to know. And then you read the review and they go, well, Final Fantasy is out and that's great, but let me tell you what's going on over here in this part of the world. Let me tell you what's going on here over here. And Oh my God, did you hear about this news over here? And it's like, guys, shut up. Please, shut up. I don't care. Just tell me whether or not the new Final Fantasy game is any good. Well, what uh, here's what's been going on with these gaming, gaming websites. So they were started by fans who are passionate about gaming. And uh, they were given offers they couldn't refuse. And what I'm talking, this is probably 15 years ago plus, where they, let's just randomly pick out a game's website that I'm making up right now. Let's just say it's Games Life or video, you know, whatever. I, it be, I make it, it becomes popular, I get millions of hits a day, people looking up stuff on that. 
a big company comes in and goes, hey, Enigma, we kind of like what you did here. We're going to pay you $200 million and you can and for your, your site. What do you say? Well, Enigma is going to look at that $200 million and say, I wouldn't need to do anything again ever in my life to make money. You bet your rear end I'm going to take that $200 million and then I'm going to retire and, and buy myself an island and take over the world or whatever. The thing is, is that I would take that money in a heartbeat. And that's what a lot of these founders of these websites did. Well, these big companies get it and then they get venture capital, which venture capital is a, uh, it's a flotation device basically where you get uh, these companies who come in to, to pay money and to get the, the website going to get to to more make it more commercialized and all that and so you you get this venture capital and they make you know they start hiring writers and things like that to to and paying them a lot of money let's be honest here and now the venture capital is running out they don't have venture capital anymore and these websites are not getting enough revenue they're not making enough revenue to support themselves because they don't have venture capital anymore venture capital is there to get you moving it's not there to keep you afloat uh, indefinitely, it's only there to keep to, to get you up and, and running. And now that we're in a place where these these uh, game room websites are running out of venture capital, they're stuck with all these writers who are writing stuff that has nothing to do with the topics they were hired to write about. And holy crap, they're making fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year to do it. So how can you continue to pay all these writers? And they don't have the hits to generate the revenue for it and they have no way to pay them. So these websites are all in trouble right now. And the, the problem comes down to that a lot of these sites have run off their audiences because they talk about things that are not about gaming. You know, you like I said, you go to a gaming website, you want to read about gaming. You know, you, you look up uh, a review of the, of the latest Final Fantasy game. That's what you want to see is a review of the latest Final Fantasy game. You don't want to see how terrible or they think the fans are or or all this other crap that's out there and and you know i'm again everyone's passionate about their side of of whatever issue is out there but the truth of the matter is as i've said you don't have to go on gaming websites or go play a video game to find out about bad news to find out about politics or social issues or anything like that you could just turn on the tv you can go to a a, another website you can those are just come to your mind right now as well you go to a gaming website because you want to know about games. You want to know about your hobby. You want to know about what you love. You don't want to know about who, anything else that's going on in the world today. And that's what these these journalists they're hiring right now are doing. That's what they're writing about is everything else but the reason that they're there. And so they run off a lot of their fans. They have. A lot of people don't go to these websites. I got news for you guys. There are certain websites out there, and again, I'm not going to name them, that, uh, you know, I'll, I will, you know, I'm at work every once in a while. Well, I'm at work a lot, but I'm, every once in a while I'm at work and I'll pop up, I'll have a minute to just kind of collect my thoughts. And on Windows, you have that little button you push and all the news pops up and I have a news feed refresh with all the things on it that I care about. And uh, I see something pop up in gaming and I look at it and go, oh, that might be interesting to read about. And then I'll look to see the website that it's on. And there are several websites that once I see who has written the article that I know I don't want to go read it. And, and that's just how I am. There's, there are several websites that I'm like that for that I will not go to just simply because I know the kind of website that they are. And I know what they're going to try to push.
And I, I just, I, it's not worth it to me. I'd rather spend my time doing other things than, than patronizing a website that does not care about me being there, quite frankly, because they, they don't want us to be there. But the problem now, though, with these websites is, is that they're, they're, they're laying people off, which they're going to have to do to try to make ends meet. And there are two little letters that are coming into the conversation that are, uh, this is where, where it's going to get really dicey for, for a lot of people. And the initial, the letters are AI, artificial intelligence. And uh, for those who don't know, there's a lot of things out there with AI that have gotten really good. Not great, but really good. Okay, And we are at a point in uh, 2023 right now where AI is ex- getting exceedingly good at writing and drawing art and doing things that we would usually hire somebody to do that uh, and I've, I've played a little bit with AI stuff a little bit full disclosure just played a little bit with it and I can tell you that no it's not perfect it's absolutely not perfect you can go into an AI art thing and, and it says turn your words into art and you can describe what you want to see and then all of a sudden the art pops up and someone you know you you want to see my you know I want to see what I look like like this and then you all of a sudden have three legs or you have six arms or something like that. That does happen. It's not perfect. It absolutely is not perfect. But the truth is, is that it's really good. It's getting good. And if we're at this point right now, where are we going to be in five years? Where are we going to be in 10 years with this AI stuff? Where is it? Where are we going with it? And it's not the evil kind of AI that's going to you know, take over the world and nuke everybody out of existence like Skynet. It's this AI that's out there and... and yeah, there, there's AI bots you can download and have conversations with them. You can mold the AI to fit what you want to talk about and and the type of person, the type of, uh, type of personality you want to interact with. Quite frankly, so there's a lot of, of things going on right now with this AI stuff that are are really really big. And instead of hiring six people to write six articles, these websites can now hire one person to oversee an AI writing six articles and it's it's a lot cheaper and uh, it's, you know, they have to still edit it because like I said, you're still, AI is not perfect. It still gets basic grammar correct, but it doesn't get a lot of other things correct. So you have to have someone, a human go in there and uh, edit and and make sure they talk about, you know, keep on track and all that and, and make sure they get the spelling right and the context right on things. But AI is is really really good right now. It's really good. It's it's again. It's not great. It's not perfect. I don't think it'll ever be perfect. But it's it's compared to what you'd think it is. And I said I I just wanted to. I saw the episode of South Park about AI, and I downloaded one just to see what it could do. And I was I was impressed. I'm still impressed that that it's an AI thing that that can do that kind of stuff. That 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 you can have a conversation with. You know and. And, uh, you know, that's another co- uh, topic of conversation about uh, f- downloading and making a friend as opposed to actually having to go out and, and make a friend. You know, that that's something that's going to happen, too. And it, we're, just where we are right now is pretty amazing, quite frankly, with this, with the AI technology. And if we're this way right now with it, imagine where we're going to be a little later. You know, it's it's good. And, and these journalists who are all making... 50, 60, 70, 80, 90,000 dollars a year to write articles to tick people off 
are now in a point where instead of doing that, we download a, uh, an AI bot and pay $60 a year to write articles. And uh, I'm going to turn around and hire someone to just edit those and put them out. And then instead of hiring six people, you hire one. And it's it's just amazing where they are. And quite honestly, uh, and I'm, I'm actually going to defend journalists here. The journalists, it's not really their fault. The thing is, is AI is, is here and they're, and they're, it's, they're making people obsolete, quite frankly, in, in this case. And it's, it comes down to that in a lot of different things. I mean, just look at the way business is, is right now. How many times have you walked into your local grocery store and you're there to pick up a, a gallon of milk and, and a dozen eggs and because you're in a hurry or whatever reason, because you go through the self-checkout. There's one person overwatching six, seven, eight, nine registers of a self-checkout. They, they don't have to hire six, seven people to run six, seven, eight, nine registers. They hire one person to watch that many registers and go over there and check their IDs when they buy liquor. You know, that that's what it is. And that's where a lot of folks don't really understand how technology is and how it is. You, you'll watch TV and you'll talk about jobs being created and, and uh, there's, a, there's a big thing out there about minimum wage and, and, and stuff like that. And believe me, I completely understand it. But the truth is, is the way how business works is, is that if you continue to tighten the belt on business, the business is going to find a way with technology to still stay afloat, to still make a tidy profit to make sure they continue to make money and they're not going to get there by saying okay well if we have six cashiers all making $15 an hour we're going to just continue running it like that and and just pay six cashiers to run six different uh, uh, cash registers at $15 an hour instead they're going to say let's just go ahead and spend the money and make six you know checkout lanes that are self-checkout and hire one person to overwatch them yeah, there'll be a sunk cost at the beginning, but in two or three years, that that's going to pay for itself and then some because we don't have to worry about hiring someone, training people, paying their benefits, paying for health insurance and all that sort of stuff. They don't have to worry about that. They just go ahead and just say, we're going to hire one person to watch six registers. And it's happening with that on all fronts of business right now. McDonald's is the same way. How many times now have you gone to a McDonald's and they have a self-checkout kiosk? So I'm not going to say this is all the journalists' fault, because it's not. It's not. Now, running off the websites and making, making them where they are right now is their fault. But as far as AI goes, it is not the journalists' fault. AI was coming. AI is here. And now AI is probably going to be the death nail in a lot of these websites that, uh, again, you you're just thought of a whole, probably a dozen of them right now. And not just gaming, but... Uh, you know, entertainment and other things as well. You know, news websites are all going to be the same way. Is that you're going to have all these websites that, you, you, that are out there where you can go to find news out about anything, and it's going to be you're going to have three people who are doing the editing, and it's going to be AI bots writing everything, and they just go in and they edit it. So, uh, it's I, I, I part of me doesn't feel bad because I I am very hard on gaming journalists for a very good reason, and they deserve it. But then, on the other hand, I am—I uh, feel bad for them as well because there's nothing to me worse, quite frankly, that if you know what you want to do when you're you're growing up. And believe me, I did not. For for those who who don't know, I 
I have a master's degree in business right now, and I only got that back in 2018. I didn't get my bachelor's until 2015. I'm now 47 years old, so I didn't get my degrees until much later in my life. And the reason why is because I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do with myself. I went to college when I got out of a school, when or got out of high school back in the mid-90s, and I was uh, pretty much lost as to what I wanted to do. And I, I didn't know where I wanted to take my life. And instead of me figuring it out, which is what I should have done, instead I dropped out of school and went right into retail and wasted my life. I wasted 15 years of my life in retail. And uh, I, I, not, not, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about that. But the truth is, is that I, I can't imagine what it would be like for someone to go to school to say, I wanted to be a reporter, I want to be a journalist. They go to school for journalism, which was my first major, by the way. My first major was journalism. And uh, go, to, go to school for that and, and get you know start to make your way and start to make some pretty decent money being a journalist, work your way up. And then all of a sudden, here comes AI, and it completely takes the steam out of your sails. I can't imagine what that would feel like. And, and so I do, I do have some empathy for the journalists out there who, because there are good ones, there are good journalists out there who really want to do a good job and present things objectively and not insert their personal beliefs into their uh, their their reporting. And and I I, I salute those people. I, I really do. But the truth of the matter is, is that it looks like that the that we're getting to a point where journalism is not going to be around much longer. That in the way in the current form that you know of it, you know the whole Lois Lane thing of going to to do. Uh, get a scoop on a story, you're not going to see a lot of that anymore. There's not a lot of that going to happen anymore. Not to mention that newspapers are pretty much headed out. It's all going to be gaming web, all not gaming. It's all going to be websites and it's all going to be AI writing it. a majority of that stuff. You're not going to see a lot of uh, reporting anymore. You're just going to see a lot of summaries written about things. And that could be dangerous as well because then you don't have the check and balances in place when it comes to being objective because you're going to have these AI bots maybe trying to come up with their own spin on things. We, we don't know. It's still early on, as to what it's going to be. And, and quite frankly, I would, I would love nothing more than all these, these journalists to really realize that they don't need to push an agenda. They just need to tell us what it is. Let us make up our own mind. You know, and and if you don't know what I mean by that, it comes down to uh, if if they if they write a story right now, I'm looking at a yellow wall. Okay, this wall that I'm looking at right now is painted yellow. So if they wrote a story about a someone painting this wall yellow, a the objective thing would say owner of house paints wall yellow. And then if you have someone who who is in favor of the yellow wall. They will say, owner of house brilliantly paints wall yellow as a way to show X, Y, and Z. And then you'll have that same, you know, someone who doesn't like the yellow wall will say, owner of house, for some reason, paints wall yellow, forgets that it's offensive to this, that, and the other. And and it's, it, it's just, don't, I don't want to be cheerleaded and I don't want to be pooped on. If the ball is yellow, tell me the wall is yellow and let me make up my own mind to how I feel about it. And unfortunately, that's not the way journalism is working right now. So 
Um, I, I feel bad for them because they, they, they worked their whole lives to get where they are, and, and now it looks like the rugs have pulled out from out of them. But at the same time, I'm, I, I'm also of the mind where it's like, well, well, good. Maybe we'll actually get some objective opinions now instead of the, the media trying to tell me how to feel about things in anything. Gaming, movies, music, whatever. You know, it's let me make up my own mind. If I like something, I like it. If I don't like it, I won't like it. But that's up to me to decide, not up to you to decide. So we will see what happens with the uh, the AI and and uh, with gaming journalism and entertainment at this point. I think uh, it's going to be rough to begin with. I think you're going to see uh, that it's going to be tough for for a lot of folks to get used to what's going to happen. You're going to see typos and you're going to see grammar errors and you're going to see contradictions and things like that because they're not being edited to the point they need to be. And the AI bots are not there to be perfect yet. I mean, they're as perfect as they can be, but they're not going to be there to actually uh, provide the the right kind of context and and, Articles, quality of articles that it would be if you had someone make it, uh, someone, uh, a person write it. But it, guys, if, if where we are right now is where we are, imagine where we're going to be just in the near future. You know, it's, it's insane to think about. So we'll see how that turns out. So we're going to call the podcast to an end today. I want to thank you for being here. Don't forget, you can find me on social media. I am at Twitter, at Evil Enigma. And, of course, Twitch, I'm at Evil Enigma. On Twitter, I'm most active. I try to post stuff every day. I try to you know share funny memes and funny pictures and try to make people smile, try to make people laugh. I know I joke here about being an evil supervillain and, and, and all that. And, and believe me, there's... I have a lot of fun with that, and I always will have a lot of fun with that. But the truth of the matter is, is that uh, if I can make someone smile or laugh every every day, then I feel like I've done something uh, right. I've done something good. So, uh, and and honestly, we could all stand to probably do that a little more, is to take some time to recognize that uh, maybe it's not necessarily about feeling negative about things. Maybe we should do things to make make ourselves and other people feel positive for a change. So, get the opportunity do that and, and you know drop by my twitter account let me know where you are and all that good stuff or you know tell me where you're from and we'll have a conversation again i'm not the type of person that makes myself hard to talk to i'm i pride myself on being genuine and being uh being honest and, and being myself but at the same time not being insulting you know you can have a differing opinion with someone without making them feel like an idiot and unfortunately uh especially on social media there's a lot of folks who don't know how to do that instead of them saying, oh, that's your opinion, or hey, I respect your opinion, but I feel differently. It's always about, well, you're a freaking idiot. And no, that's not how it works. It really is not. So, oh, and uh, since I kind of forgot to say this, apparently I'll be at TwitchCon. Uh, I bought the tickets, uh, my ticket, this past week. So I guess I will be there. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I've never been there. I'm kind of... uh, nervous about it quite frankly because i'm a little older than the typical twitch streamer i believe and and just like me getting my degree later on in life i started streaming a little later in life so i i don't know what it's going to be like or anything like that Uh, i mean we will see i've never been there so it'll all turn out turn uh, it'll all we'll see we will really see Uh, i will keep people abreast as to that uh, maybe I'll meet up with some of y'all out there. That would be nice to actually make some friends. Uh, I do have friends I've met through through streaming, some very dear friends. But at the same time, uh, I would like to take the opportunity to uh, make new ones and maybe branch out and and uh, make become closer friends with people that I already know. So we'll see. We'll see. So 
Apparently, I'll be at TwitchCon this year. I'll be in Vegas that weekend for certain. I've already decided that, and I did buy my ticket. So in case something crazy happens, I will be at TwitchCon in October. So hopefully, I will see you there. Now, don't forget this weekend coming up, Friday night, Sunday morning, I will be playing more Final Fantasy 16. And uh, we'll pick up right where we left off after we destroyed the third Mother Crystal today on Sunday. So we'll see what happens with that last Mother Crystal and where the game goes from there. I'm interested to see where it goes. I haven't looked up any spoilers. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I, I really don't. So it, it'll all we'll, we'll see what happens. I've been very good about not trying to spoil the game for myself because I want my reaction on... Uh, stream to be my most genuine genuine reaction so hope to see you on uh my my streams on this weekend coming up and i definitely hope that uh you know you can rate and and you tell me what you think of the podcast give me some stars or tell me what you think about it and again find me on twitter and talk to me on twitter that's where i'm most active so i want to thank you for being here greatly appreciate it anything you want to see me talk about please reach out to me on twitter and uh, let me know what you think and what you want to hear me talk about and we will go from there so thank you so much for joining me, and I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much.